We're so glad that you are checking out this sermon from New Beginnings. Our vision as a church is to become an authentic biblical community that transforms our city and impacts the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do this through gathering in worship, growing through community, giving to the kingdom, and going on mission. We know that one of the greatest blessings of the church is getting to pursue this vision that God has given us together. My hope is that we would get the opportunity to connect with you in person and get you plugged into the life of our church. Also, if you have been blessed by the ministries of New Beginnings, we ask that you would consider supporting us financially. You can do so by clicking on the giving tab of our website, nvbctx.org. I pray that you are both encouraged and challenged by the scripture today. I am so glad that you are here this morning. You are here on a fantastic day. Not just because it's Sunday and it's awesome uh, and Jesus is amazing, because all those things are true, but this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. Today we call Celebration Sunday. And here's what that is. It is a Sunday that we set aside every year to look back on and celebrate all of the amazing things that God has done in and through New Beginnings, and then to look forward to all the things He is going to do. Here's what God's Word says in Psalm 96. Listen to this. It says in verse 1, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless His name. And then it says, Tell of His salvation from day to day and declare His glory among the nations, and His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and He is to be feared above all gods. If you believe that the Lord is great and greatly to be praised, let me hear you say amen. 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 We're going to be about celebrating His salvation and declaring His marvelous works and just celebrating the amazing things that God has done right here at New Beginnings, and then getting our eyes fixed forward on all the things that He is going to do. And here's where I want to start this morning, just reminding you of what the vision is here at New Beginnings. If you're a guest with us, this may be the first time you've ever heard this. If you've been here a while, you've heard it a little, maybe you don't know it. Some of you maybe have heard it enough that now you've got it memorized. If that's you, then I want you to show off a little bit, all right? I want you to say the vision with me if you know it, all right? The vision at New Beginnings is to become an authentic biblical community that transforms our city and impacts the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is the vision of your church. Everything that we do, every plan we make, every, every program we think through, every dollar that we spend, it passes through the filter of the vision, and that is this. Does it move us toward becoming an authentic biblical community that is going to transform the city and impact the world with the gospel? And so that's our vision here at New Beginnings. And there are four ways that we see that vision played out. There are four ways that we accomplish the vision and new beginnings. We gather in worship, we grow through community, we go on mission, and we give to the kingdom. Those are the four ways that we see the vision of new beginnings um, played out right here in our church family. And so what I want to do today is we walk through and we see uh, all of these things. I want us to see the way God has used and moved 
and done these wonderful things in those four places. So what has he done as we've gathered in worship? What has he done as we've grown through community? How, how has he used us as we've gone on mission? And what is he calling us to do? And what has he done as we've uh, faithfully given to the kingdom? So the first thing that I want us to look at this morning is gathering in worship. Worship is a high priority for us. It is what we do every Sunday. It is what we are doing now. It is that moment where we gather together uh, in worship with one another. We join our voices in song. We pray. We hear God's word. We share our lives with one another. God's word says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. This moment is a high priority for new beginnings to gather in worship. And I want to just share some uh, statistics. St- statistics with you this morning uh, of ways that God has moved in our uh, church family over the last year. The first is I want you to see just the sheer number of people he is bringing to worship. We are averaging uh, in the last calendar year over 2,000 people attend our services between our two campuses. That's up five and a half percent. That is staggering growth. That is That is inexplicable growth apart from the anointing hand of God on this place. Amen? You're a part of that. You you are a part of that number. And that number fires me up, but the next number is the one that makes me want somebody to teach me how to do a cartwheel, and it's this one. All right? We have seen 228 people baptized in our church over the last year. Now that number, if, if you look, if, you, if you've got good enough eyes, every, that number is, is literally made up of the name of every person that was baptized over the last calendar year. Listen, there are churches that will go two decades and never see that. Churches bigger than us that will go two decades and will never see that. Is that a pat us on the back thing? No, that's a get our eyes on Jesus and thank him for the great things that he has done thing. Amen? He says, tell of his marvelous works. Tell his salvation from day to day and declare his marvelous works. That is a marvelous work of the God of heaven. Amen? That's good news right there. That excites me. And so God has used this gathering in worship the preaching of his word, the evidence of life change through baptism to bring more and more people to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And I just want to share a couple of stories with you this morning of people that, um, that God has done this work through. And the first person I want to tell you about, I'm just going to tell you her story. Her name is Jessica Beatles. And I want to tell you just from her perspective, here's what Jessica says. Jessica said, I did not grow up surrounded by the church. I struggled in my childhood with feelings of, of being done wrong by others, of being unloved and unworthy. She said, I knew God, but I struggled with understanding and accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. She said, I came to New Beginnings for the first time on Mother's Day of 2019 just to support my friends who were participating in the family dedication. She said, I was not a believer or even a church attender. My infant daughter had a really tough time that day. I remember that day. What she means by that is her daughter screamed her head off for two hours. That's what happened (laughs) right back there, all right? So she said, but I decided to give it another try. And so she came up and she said, I met with Jessica Allen, our preschool minister, and from there, 
I began attending more often. I got plugged into the ladies' life group on Wednesday nights. She said, I even served as a helper at Vacation Bible School this summer. And after several months of hearing the gospel, having conversations with Jessica, uh, the Lord be- and the Lord working in my heart, I finally surrendered my life to Him and was baptized last Sunday, November the 10th, um, right here at New Beginnings. She says, coming to New Beginnings has done so many great things for me. It has been what I needed to see the truth. Isn't that awesome that God's done that work? Man, I want to tell you another story. This is the Martin family, Andrew and Taylor Martin. Their story is we began attending New Beginnings when the Gilmer campus opened. And at that time, neither of us were believers. It says, however, um, at one of the first baptism celebration services that, that our campus got to do, Taylor says, I sat in that service, I heard the gospel, and saw the stories of people's lives changed, and I knew that's what I needed. She said, I gave my heart to Jesus and was baptized that day. So she was one of the spontaneous baptisms. She got saved and was baptized that day. She said, I immediately went home and told Andrew. And Andrew said it was through Taylor's witness and um, in her story that God began to work in my life, in his life. He said, we began to go to life group and, and even serve, but it was in the spring of 2017 during the Salt and Light series, Pastor Connor was preaching. He said, it was during that series that I heard the gospel and I knew that's what I needed. He said, and um, he prayed, uh, it was during that series that he put his faith in Jesus. He said, however, but I struggled to take the step of baptism. For Andrew, there was something in getting up in front of people. If you know Andrew, yeah, that would make perfect sense. He said, I struggled to take that step of baptism. He said, the thought of being in front of people was terrifying. Those were his exact words. He said, but a few months ago, um, I realized it was time to take that step and to declare that Jesus was the Lord of my life. And so on July 21st of this year, um, he was baptized. Now listen to this. Two weeks later from there, two weeks later, seeing Andrew's boldness and seeing the life change um, in Taylor, their oldest daughter, Jamie, two weeks later came to faith and was also baptized. All right. Now that's unbelievable, right? And then I just want you to hear what Taylor said about New Beginnings. She said, New Beginnings is unlike anywhere we've ever attended. Uh, When we first got together, we were doing everything wrong. (laughs) <laughs> you ever been in one of those seasons where you could just describe that season of your life as uh, everything? I was doing it all wrong. All right? She said, but when we came, we never felt judged. And now we have friendships that are always pushing us toward holiness and discipleship. She said, the culture here has completely transformed our lives. And God has used new beginnings to redeem our view of being a mother and a father, a friend and a husband and a wife. We truly are different people than we were four years ago. That's amazing. Now listen. That's why we gather in worship. Because in worship, we fix our eyes on Jesus. In worship, we shout His name and we sing of His salvation. And in worship, we open the Word and we preach the counsel of God's Word and we see evidence of life change. And God uses this moment to call people into saving faith. There's a video that I want to show you of another family right here from our Gilmer campus that God has moved in a mighty way this year. You guys turn your attention to the screen. Michael and this is Chelsea. We're the Spears family. We have six kids. 
Sean, Ronnie, Aubrey, Oliver, Hudson, and Conley. I was struggling. Uh, we do co-parenting, so I was having a hard time with just anger and frustration, and I was just, I just, I didn't know how to deal with it. And um, we had a friend told us, well, you should just come to church. She actually invited me to discerning the voice of God, the women's Bible study that was in January, and we jumped right in. We got Sean, our oldest, we signed him up for United, which was like just a m couple weeks after we started coming, and he went, he jumped right in, and then um, we started uh, going to the Pate Dorset Life Group. We were in Life Group, and it was when Connor was going over, um, you know, God, he sees you right where you are, just how you are, and um, that had kind of started you know, something in me, I was kind of this stirring, and uh, Ryan had said, uh, the ground is level at the foot of the cross, and that, um, that just kind of drove it home, like, um, I'm pretty sure I went home and I told Michael, and that's probably when he told me he was never going to get baptized, but, <laughs> but that, that didn't happen either. We met with Ben one evening after I'd gotten home from work, and we you had to tell him our story. It's a story that I never really enjoyed telling. I didn't enjoy telling it to her, and um, it was something I ran from for a long time, and I just tried to hide. And it was, to me, they were wounds. You know? And Ben, he, he made it known that, that, that scars are your story, and, and that God's gonna forgive you no matter what you did, as long as you're willing Take him, in the, take him into your heart and let him take charge and just let it go. Just let everything go and he'll take care of it. And that was, uh, that was by far the, the greatest moment of my life. Just like, it's like everything opened up and I, it just the weight was lifted and I just kind of felt free from it all after that. Two days later, I think we were talking about getting baptized, like just like that. One day he was against it, and the next day he's not. And our life group is a big, is a big part of our life. Um, we recently had, you know, some more struggles with our co-parenting, and the, like one of the first things we do is we call uh, Ryan and Shanna Pate, and they're just they're just there to listen, which is so fantastic. And you know they're not going to judge you for what what's going on and they're just so helpful and they pray over you and um, our, our life group has just been so amazing. We have, you know, six kids. Six kids. <laughs> we're, we're on the go all the time. We don't really have a lot of time, but um, being in life group, you know, we have friends now. We have a family. Like coming to this church is just, it's like coming home. It's amazing. We walked through the door and we decided, hey, we're going to do this and it has changed everything for us. Amen. <clears throat> we walked through the door, and it's changed everything for us. I, I am believing that in 2020, there are going to be hundreds of people that walk through that door, and God's going to change everything for them. I am believing that with all my heart. And that's why this moment, this day matters, and those stories matter. And you may have heard that and thought, man, that was mine too. We walked through this door, and everything changed. That's why we gather in worship. So that's one of the first ways that we see our vision played out here at New Beginnings. We gather in worship. The next way we see that is we grow through 
Community. We grow through community. We believe that God has created us for community. If you look all the way back in Genesis chapter 2, when God created man, he looked at him and said, this is good, but it is not good that you should be alone. Why? Because God knew we couldn't be trusted to handle it, right? We needed some help. And so God created community. He looked at man and said, I am going to create community. You need someone that you are going to share your life with. And those are the first three key words to our vision, which is to become an authentic, biblical community. And the best place that we experience authentic, biblical community is in life group. It's in life group. Well, what is life group? Life group is where big church becomes small. It's where you have the opportunity to go into a a smaller setting with a smaller number of families and begin to share your life with them. We have life groups that meet on Sunday mornings, Sunday night, Wednesday nights, and it is an opportunity for you to begin to share your life. And so one uh, thing I want you to see about how God is moving in our life group ministry, and that is this, we have seen an 18% increase in average attendance in our life groups just this year. That is 181 people more attending life group than were last year. Now, why does that matter? Because that's 181 Spears families that are doing their life with somebody. That's 181 of of Andrew and Taylor Martin doing their life with somebody and growing. That's 181 of Jessica Beadle sharing her life with somebody and God doing a work and moving her along path of her story and on that journey of becoming more and more like Jesus. And so one of the ways that I want us to kind of talk through this this morning is, is I want you to see, and I want to share for just a moment, a, a time with you, with two of my friends, Michael Miller and Wes Dorsett. You guys welcome them to the stage this morning. All right. These guys are some, some really awesome fellows here at our church. Wes is our chairman of our deacon body. Uh, here, Michael is being ordained as a deacon tonight in the Beyond Service. So be there because it's going to be fantastic. So um, he's, that's going to happen tonight. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about is just the importance of your life group and personally what it has meant to you. So, Michael, why don't you just take a minute and, and tell me a little bit about your life group? Absolutely. So I don't know that I can say it any better than what Chelsea and Michael Spears. I mean, they, they're in our life group, and that is our story. We, um, my wife and I, we came to New Beginnings because we were getting married, and we were looking for a place that we could be a part of a church body that, um, number one, we could, we could serve Jesus, we could love Jesus, mm. and number two, we'd be challenged to, to serve around in our community. And so um, our, our life group is that. We were able to bring our scars, we were able to bring our crazy, and, uh, and join with another group of crazies. And, um, and, and, and sit and just, just share Jesus with each other, love on each other, uh, laugh and cry with each other, and just, and just bring our burdens. And, you know, I, I tell people this all the time, that I feel like that when we came, we kept hearing authentic biblical community, authentic biblical community. And so our, our life group to us is like our cul-de-sac in that community. Mm. We get together, we hang out, we help each other, we share those burdens, and, and, and we're growing, and we're looking forward to expanding and, and, and bulldozing the property next door to us and, and building another one. So, yeah. um, That's awesome. Well, West, how have you seen um, in your years, maybe for you personally, but also just what you've seen God do in your life group? How have you seen God raise up leaders and help families get connected and, and just cause people to, to become disciples through life group? I'll say this. It started with me. Um, about nine years ago, uh, I was struggling as a husband, as a father, mm. uh, not leading the way that I was supposed to lead, actually doing nothing. 
Uh, I kind of was kind of grew up that way uh, mm. as a kid. I attended church, but it was there was no fruit. Um, mm. I was not connected. Uh, sat in the corner of, of Sunday school back then. Uh, didn't want to answer any of the questions. Was praying, hoping that nobody asked me to pray. Uh, I'm sure some of y'all been there, um, and just not connected at all. Mm. Um, I prayed a prayer um, soon after that, after we had Lily, um, that God would send some men in my life to challenge me. One of those being uh, Pastor Todd. Pastor Todd, um, when, I, when I got connected to New Beginnings, I got in Mr. Lynn Heflin's life group, uh, who's now like a grandfather to my kids. Mm. Um, and, and Pastor Todd came up to me shortly after I got into that life group and he said, you know what, I, I, got, a, I got something I want you to pray about. You know, he only gave me one day to pray about it, so he's like, hey, you're going to answer this today. <laughs> Uh, but he said, I want you to pray about leading a life group. And I just told you that that was, that was scary for me. Like, I didn't, that wasn't me at all. Um, I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to, I didn't want to step outside of my comfort zone. Uh, but I seriously prayed about it. Uh, the next day, I, I felt God telling me, you know what, you need to surrender to this. You need mm. to step up to the plate. Uh, and because of that decision, God has blessed uh, in abundance. I mean, mm. It's just been amazing to see the men. I mean, Michael's an example. The Spears are an example. I've had many other examples in life group at Spring Hill uh, of just men and women just surrendering their life, uh, mm. being okay to not be okay in mm. life group, uh, to join the crazies, as Michael said, uh, and, and to be okay with that and to yeah. be challenged and to grow from it. That's awesome. Michael, what would you say then uh, uh, to someone who they would call New Beginnings home, they worship here every week, but they've never taken that step of getting connected to a life group. How would you encourage them? Yeah, I would say, first and foremost, you're missing out. You have no idea what it's like, that you're, or what the things that you're missing. Um, it's, it is something where I can't describe, or really it's hard to put into words just how our family has been blessed by it. Hmm. Um, we've gone through some struggles, or we've had some big decisions to make, and, you know, it's not all about just being in Sunday school and reading yep. off a piece of paper and sitting in a, in a chair and listening to a lesson. I mean, we stop the lesson, we put chairs in the middle of the room and <laughs> lay hands on each other and pray mm. and, and help us get through that. And so if, if you're missing that, if you don't have that in your life, you need it. Yep. And, and, and I would say, I would say, don't let another day slip away. Yep. That's it. You guys help me thank these guys right here. The primary vehicle that we have as a church by which we grow as disciples is life group. These guys would tell you, other life group attenders and leaders would tell you, and I will tell you the same thing. Some of my life's dearest friends and the people who have the keys, and what we mean by have the keys is they have permission to look behind the curtain of my life. Those people are in my life group. Pastor Connor used to say it's the people that have permission to yank your ponytail, right? That's, you know, that's... You need those people in your life. That's what Life Group is. And so I hope you heard that encouragement, which is don't forfeit one of the greatest blessings that this church has for you and your family, and that is for you to get connected in Life Group. And I would love next year for your story to be like Michael's story, which is how God used Life Group to continue to deepen you as a disciple in Jesus. So we gather in worship we, we grow through community, and here's the third way we see this vision uh, played out here at New Beginnings, and that is we go on mission. We go on mission. Here's one thing that I hope you are always really, really excited about when it comes to being a part of New Beginnings, and that is we are a mission-minded church. We are a sending church. I can tell you that our largest uh, single uh, ministry line item 
in our budget, the, the budget line item that gets the ministry line item that gets the most dollars uh, toward ministry is this, missions. We don't give ministry dollars toward anything more than we do that. We are a sending church. And there are three ways that we go on mission here at New Beginnings. We do it on our campus, we do it in our city, and we do it around the world. And so I want to just talk about those for just a very quick moment. I want you to um, hear this just very quickly. Each week, it takes an absolute army of human beings, an army of humans, to get done what we get to participate in every Sunday, whether it is greeters, worship, media, life group leaders, kids ministry, um, uh, student ministry, parking lot. It takes an army of people. And what we figured out, having done the math, is every week we have over 200 people step in to serve to make Sunday mornings happen. And of those 200, we have a combined 15,000 volunteer hours every Sunday morning. That's not a small amount of time. That's a lot of people giving themselves away and, and making this thing happen. And I want you to meet two of those people who I love very, very much, and that is Shane and Kara Shaw. Y'all welcome them up for me. So Shane and Kara are our servant leaders here at New Beginnings, and, and they've been a part of our spiritual family for some time now. And so here's what I want to ask. You guys now are, are volunteers and leaders in kids' ministry, volunteers and leaders in student ministry. Tell me, why did you decide to start serving? We uh, joined New Beginnings, became members about two and a half years ago, and we felt led to um, take the next step and be obedient in serving um, and finding a place in the church that we could serve. And so we have a young son. Um, and we just felt like it would be a good fit for us to serve in children's ministry. And um, we've loved every second of it. I mean, we've mm. grown so much and we've gotten to make so many uh, memories and connections with these kiddos. And um, we just love it. We would never go back. Yeah. So, t t Shane, tell me then, um, Kara hinted at it a little bit, but tell me how serving has been a blessing for your family. Um. A lot of ways, uh, the relationships with the kids, um, with people we serve alongside, um, that it's just, it's been great to be able to bond with people and, um, you know, you learn from other people, um, about Jesus that you didn't know about, mm. um, and just seeing kids grow and, and grow in their, their faith, even mm. the young faith and, uh, um, just loving on each other and, uh, it, it's grown into leading us to have faith in areas that we technically can control, but mm. we need to give all to God mm. and um, uh, anywhere from being stewards of our money, stewards of our time. Mm. Um, one example is um, we're trying to send her to like nursing school eventually, but yeah. we also wanted another, another kid. We wanted to be fruitful and multiply. Like yeah. God just said, and uh, we didn't, we didn't know how we were going to do that. And so, but we, we prayed about it. Um, life group backed us on it, you yeah. know, and, and we took that step and, and things have worked out great. Um, still love cert, you know, so it's just a blessing. I mean, yeah. to do student ministry, children's ministry, um, just the families that we see the new kids, um, even seeing kids invite their friends. That's, mm. that's been something that's really awesome yep. too. Um, because I know me, as an adult, it's hard for me to kind of talk to some of my non-believer friends and try mm. to get them to come to church. 
but seeing yeah. kids take that has led me to want to take that. That's it, man. So. That's great. Well, tell me then, um, last question, and that is, you know, for folks that attend at New Beginnings, they love this place. They love being here, but they've never taken that step of, of serving on the campus somewhere. How would you encourage them, Kara? I would say it's so much fun. We have a blast every single week. I mean, um, we get to know these kids and the students, even the adult ministries. We get to learn um, a lot about each other, and we get to build those gospel relationships mm. um, that you just can't find anywhere else. Mm. And I mean, it's, it's like nothing else to be able to have those people in our lives that um, really care about us and, you know, to have those kids that we care about. They're like our own kids, you know. We spend so much time with them, and it's, it's just so rewarding. Like, I would, I would definitely look for a place to serve. Awesome. You guys help me thank the Shaw family. That is, uh, here, here's what I love about that story. He said, we, we, in stepping out and being obedient to serve, it's led to us being obedient and surrendering in other areas of our life. And that's what being a disciple looks like. It's saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you to take this step. And then the Lord says, great, now here's the next one. Okay, Lord, now I'm going to trust you to take that step. All right, here's the next one. And that's, that's what becoming a disciple looks like. And so if you're here this morning, and you love New Beginnings, and you would call this place home, but you've never found that place to serve, here's my challenge. Take the first step. Take the first step and see what God would do. We have dozens, and I mean literally dozens and dozens of places where you can plug in and serve. And we want you to do that. So we serve on our campus. And listen, it takes an army. Matter of fact, we talked to some of our kiddos uh, that, about what it looked like and what it meant for them to have people serving on campus. Watch this video. Pastor Todd is. Why would you think that I am a reporter and I came to do a story on the church? Nice disguise, Pastor Todd. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you love most about New Beginnings? Because the teachers are nice. Because the teachers are nice. Hmm. What about you? Um, I like that we get to learn about Jesus. We get to learn about Jesus. That's a great thing to love about the church. How many volunteers do you think, when you think about everybody in the church, how many volunteers do you think we need every single week? What? How many? Two. In the classes. I'm talking about all the volunteers in all of the church all the time. Six and three. I don't, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Huh. 100. 100 volunteers. 199. Are you really going to count all of them? <laughs> About 20. About 20. 60. 60. All right, I think. 199. It's about 200 every single Sunday that volunteers. Did you know that? Recording. The recording people. You think they're recording? How many people are they recording? They're recording. No. Recording me? No, they're recording singers. They're recording singers? Hi, what are you doing? Singing! 
How important do you think it is on Sundays to have people singing at church? So we can worship the God. So you can worship the God. Instead of just preaching, we can actually thank God. Instead of just sitting there listening to the pastor. Not in a rude way. <laughs> Not in a rude way. Have you ever seen somebody in the parking lot with this outfit? Yes, yes, yes. Leading the cars. That's right. Um, right. Um, cars. Um, telling them which way to go and so, they don't, so they don't get in the car wreck. Who wants to put it on? All right. Now listen. All right, you ready? If you were in the parking lot, tell me what you would do. Show me what you would do. You would do like that? Will we all get a turn Would that be a fun I'll job? I'll show you how to do yeah. it. You go that way. You go that way. There's a parking spot right there. There's a parking spot right there. Go down, go down, go down. Go down, go down. I'm going to show you another picture. Tell me what, if you've seen these people and what you think they're doing. They're right, opening doors for people. what? They're opening doors for people. You are a first time guest here. And you had someone helping you in, how grateful would you be? Out of all of the things that you could do in the church to serve that I showed you, which would you prefer to do? What would be your favorite choice? Guarding cars. Guarding cars? Yeah. The camera? Thank you. Sword fighting cars! Sword fighting cars. How crazy do you think you drive your volunteer in kids' ministry? Zero crazy? A hundred thousand crazy. A hundred thousand crazy. Thank, Thank you for serving. Hi <laughs> That's good, right? <clears throat> I think that that young man said we need singing so that we don't have to have just preaching and we can actually worship, right? <laughs> I don't know that I disagree, but it hurts my feelings is what I'm saying. So... It takes an army of people, right, to, to do what we do on Sundays and mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesdays. And it's one of the ways that we are mobilized on mission is right here on the campus. So if, if you're here this morning and you serve in some way here at New Beginnings, whether it is from the front door to the back door, kids, men, student men, life group leader, parking, you have some way that you serve here at New Beginnings. Would you just stand for me just right where you are? Stand right where you are. Thank you so much. So grateful for you and, and what you do. So we serve on the campus. And listen, then we serve that next layer of being on mission is in the city. One of the ways you may not know that your church serves the city is through something we have called benevolence ministry. And this is a, a ministry where people in our community who may be uh, struggling financially and just need uh, a little bit of assistance or some encouragement or some counsel, um, they can come and uh, maybe receive some financial assistance. And just this last calendar year through our benevolence ministry, we have been able to invest over $13,000 into the community. But here's the number I really want you to celebrate. Through our benevolence ministry, we've seen eight people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> So we serve in the city. One of the greatest ways we got to serve in our city was just uh, about six weeks ago on October the 6th, we shut down here on Sunday morning and we went and mobilized all over Gilmer and all over Longview as B, uh, on a day we called Be the Church. 
Be the church. And listen, we saw 1,712 people mobilized to go out and serve our city. That is how you impact the city. That's how you do it. You get out from where you are. You get out from the walls and you go get in their yard or you go get in the nursing home or you go get um, uh, at the school or wherever it is and you get to work and you show them that Jesus has made such an impact in your life, you can't wait to, to do something to serve them. And so um, we, we serve on the campus and we serve in the city. Now, one of the really cool ways that we have to serve in our city is a way you may not be aware of and a need that you may not be aware of. You know, November is Adoption Awareness Month. And so every year we come to this month and we, we focus our attention in on the issue of fostering and adopting. And I want to give you just some, some numbers this morning to, to let settle in your soul. Matter of fact, uh, when you leave this morning, you're going to go in the foyer and there's a table set up in front of our missions display and that is Buckner uh, Children and Family Services. I want you to go by and get some paperwork from them and just learn how you can partner with them to serve uh, families that are fostering and adopting. But I want you to hear this. Right here in the state of Texas, there are 34,161 children in foster care. Right here. Over 34,000 children are in foster care. Um, And of those 34,000, almost 8,000 are ready and in need of adoption. That's our state. That's home for us. You say, well, how does that relate to East Texas? Well, between Gilmer and Longview, there are 452 children who are ready to be adopted. 452 who are in foster care ready for adoption. That's a, that's some, that's a story, right? That's a person who's ready for someone to engage their life and see them um, have a different story have a different story. And so I know that for New Beginnings, this is something that is very near and dear to our heart. And I know that for this next family, it is very near and dear to their heart. So would you just help me welcome Wes and Brittany Godsey up here this morning? <clears throat> you know, Wes and Brittany, uh, Brittany ha- have a fostering and adopting as a part of their story. This is a, a James 127 family. Here's what I mean by that. God's Word says true religion is to care for the orphans. And this family has stepped into that wholeheartedly. So guys, why don't you start by just telling me where did the desire to adopt begin for the Godsies? I think for us, God had begun to place that desire in our heart when we weren't even, before we even knew each other. Um, growing up, I didn't, my, it wasn't, my family wasn't affected by adoption. It wasn't something that I, passing lifetime movies, if we're being honest, I hadn't no experience with adoption and what that looked like. But as a high schooler and you start to begin to dream about your future and um, the family that God has for you, that was just a desire that God had put in my heart. And I remember praying for um, the husband that God would bring and remembering thinking this might be awkward. Like, I hope this conversation <laughs> goes well. I hope that, you know, he's on board. And it was just neat whenever God um, did bring us together. And we started to think about a family that that was something that God had already wired into to Wes as well. And I think a lot of times we get asked and there's the assumption that we adopted because of we couldn't do, we couldn't have a family any other way. And for us, that's just simply isn't the case. This is our plan A. This wasn't born out of a, a crisis or, or, or a loss, and we're thankful for that. For yeah. us, it's, it's what God had called us to, and we wanted to walk in that from day one. Yeah. So the process of fostering and adopting is, is famously difficult. We, you, you hear it's just not easy, right? 
Tell me what that process was like for you guys. And, and Wes, tell me what God taught you and Brittany through that. Yeah, so um, I, I, I'd like to think a lot of times I'm in control. If you know me, you know I like to be in control. Um, God has a sense of humor, and now I have three girls in the house, and so I have no control at all. Um, and, it's, and it's good, but I think he started that process in me a long time ago um, just from the very beginning. I think the word that comes to my mind is, is patience. Um, that, that it requires a, uh, it requires patience. Um, it's, it's, there's a whole lot of different seasons where you hurry up and you get your stuff done and then you just wait. Um, you know, you're waiting on uh, the paperwork to be processed. You're waiting on a phone call. You're waiting on um, the time frame to, to fall into place. And, um, but I think through all of that um, and, and now being on this side of it a little bit, um, it's, it's, it's cool to see how God was in every part of that. Mm. Um, and how um, his timing is perfect. And, mm. you know, I, I knew that growing up. I, I heard that said. I said it myself a lot. Um, but now uh, there's, there's definitely trust in that, that, mm. that God's timing is perfect. Mm. So when you see then um, uh, how, how would you tell us this, you've seen this process uh, impact your Addie and your Kate and, and, and just how, how God used this, this adopting into your family to change their story? I think that's always been a hard question for me and that's the one thing about us though, is that our girls and, and they know that's not been ever there's not it's not a secret they know their story they know that um how god brought them to us and um mm. i think the, the word that i always pray for that i hope for them is that they find redemption in their story that mm. i hate that god brought them to us because they had to be in a hard place i hate that that mm. happened but i'm so thankful that i get to tell them about a jesus who knew their name who mm -hmm. knows their story and knew where they were and loved them so much that he redeemed their story and so i i already see and then i even i got a text message this morning from um, a preschool um from jessica allen our preschool minister just the how god has wired them because of their story they they already have a heart for maybe those that are um hurting or mm. maybe who aren't connected to a group who, who or who struggle and I, I hope that's something that God <coughs> continues to, to grow in them and then for them to realize something that we fight against every day that their past does not define them and yep. thank goodness in Jesus none of ours do and so amen. they get to walk in that and we're thankful amen that's good well last question and that is this how would you encourage a family I think families think about this a lot and then kind of just let it go because it feels like something we that's so big and so large we could never really attain it and, and know how to do it. How would you encourage families who are who are thinking about fostering and adopting? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'll say one, and I know Brittany um, has a couple <coughs> to say on this as well. Um, uh, for, for us, we started when we, when we lived in West Texas, and it was... Um, we felt like we were the only ones. Um, you know, we, we had to drive um, about an hour to get trained and um, our church, um, there, wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about that. Um, it, was, it was kind of the, the thing swept under the rug in, in the town we, we lived in. And so um, it was hard and, and we did it for, for three or four years kind of by ourselves. Um, and, and, but coming to New Beginnings, um, it, it's, it's been our passion and our hope, like Brittany said, that, that it's just part of our story. It's part of our girl's story. It's not something um, we're going to hide or, or tell them at a certain age. It's something that they, already, they both already know. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, New Beginnings, it, there's community. And, and I think yeah. community makes it easy yeah. um, in, in talking about our stories and um, having help. And so there's, there's definitely help out there. Um, yeah. Butner's a great, um, a great organization that has walked us through um, some hard times and sat in our living room and 
um, cried with us um, when we when we needed to cry and rejoice with us when we needed to rejoice and um, but but you don't have to do it by yourself and mm, so find find people to go um, travel that road with you whether that's yeah. people that are already there or uh, life group people that can just pray for you the question that we get asked all the time or the comment that we hear is that we couldn't do that. It's too hard and we, we couldn't love a kid and let them go home. And there's nothing, there's no supernatural like heart that God has given us where that was easy. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime a kid is in our home, you bring a baby home, you name him and you let him, you watch him take his first steps and his first word is mama and that's me. It is mm -hmm. hard to send them home even when God has redeemed the story. Mm -hmm. But when God calls you to something, we know this. He equips mm. us. Mm. And so just this is one of those things that I don't feel like it's a, you know, if it's a when and how that mm. God calls us to foster and, and to adopt. And we talk all the time about how our lives are busy and we're going to be exhausted. That's just our culture. We're exhausted people. So we want to make sure and we, we want to help people understand that whenever we answer this call to foster and adopt, we get to do the hard thing. We get to be exhausted for something that has eternal value. And I can have a hard day and I can go through a hard road so I know that a kid maybe doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so it's something you can do it. There's nothing easy, but God, when God calls you, he will give you everything you need to walk that road. That's awesome. You guys help me thank the Godsy family this morning. I don't know that there is a, a, a more accurate, practical, beautiful picture of the gospel than, than fostering and adopting. I just don't know that there is one. It is an absolute beautiful picture of what that looks like, the redeeming part of that. So today I would really ask you, when we end uh, our service today, I want you to go out those doors and go to that table and get some information and find out how you can engage in that ministry. And so we are a church that is on mission, on our campus, in the city, and around the world. I want to tell you that this year we saw 185 people go uh, be mobilized on uh, overseas or foreign mission trips. We saw people do these amazing things. Here's what the number I want you to celebrate this morning. Through those efforts in the last calendar year, we saw 400 people come to faith in Jesus Christ. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And listen, uh, one of the things that we were able to do um, starting a few years ago is be a part of, of uh, renovating and rebuilding a well that had broken down uh, in, in a uh, place, I believe, in Rwanda. And it was a place where hundreds and hundreds of people were dependent upon this well. And I want to give you an update and just for you to see what your missions dollars are doing uh, in Rwanda and Burundi. Take a look at this. Butare is a city of 89,600 people in the southern province of Rwanda, three hours south of Kigali. The Roots Network is making a difference in the region as they make disciples of Jesus Christ in places where others seldom go. Their vision is to see lives, communities, and cultures rooted in the love of Christ and transformed by the gospel. Sometimes, transformation happens in the form of clean water. The Roots Network revitalized the water well built in the community 36 years ago. This work is important because this year's dry season, which lasts from May to September, was especially harsh. There was no water in the area except for water flowing from the well. Because of the vision of the Roots Network, thousands of people were able to go to the well and have access to clean, safe drinking water. When you give to New Beginnings, you are supporting mission work across East Africa such as the provision of clean water to thousands. The gospel provides living water with an eternal impact. In Matthew 28, Jesus told his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations. 
Taking the gospel to others is not a suggestion. It is a commandment. And so we are grateful for our partnership with the Roots Network as we work together to see lives, communities, and cultures rooted in the love of Christ and transformed by the gospel. When you give to New Beginnings and that ministry line item of missions is activated, it's impacting, she said, the number in that region, over 89,000. Over 89,000 people are getting clean drinking water. Their farms are being irrigated. Their kids have what they need. That, that's, that's kingdom dollars going to work. That should inspire you to not only give generously, but to give confidently and to give uh, um, a, in anticipation, expectantly, uh, uh, cheerfully, uh, because of how God is using those kingdom dollars. And so as we gather in worship and we grow through community and we go on mission, God is doing all these things. But how is all of that stuff funded? How do we get it done? And it is this, we give to the kingdom. That is our fourth core value. It is the fourth way that we see the vision of new beginnings uh, lived out. It's how we get this thing done. Now, I've got some good news for you on this front, all right? I want to give you some good news. The first is this. In this last calendar year, we've seen 185 people step in and take the step of faith and become new givers. The average gift uh, uh, to New Beginnings is up about 13%, and overall, giving is up about 12%. Now, that's the great news. That's the great news. But I want to tell you today, there is a, a challenge in front of us. Uh, the vision that God has given our pastors and elders is not a small one. It is not a small vision. We believe um, uh, that God is on the move in this place and He is doing great things. In our, on our Longview campus, they will be launching an 8 o'clock service starting in January. We are believing that this Gilmer campus is about to hit a season of growth in 2020. We, are, we, we have a vision to reach more unreached people in our community, Spanish-speaking and all sorts of, of people who are not being reached with the gospel. We have a next-gen campaign that's going to start um, in early 2020 where we're going to invest in current facilities to revitalize and rebuild and build new both here and in Long Longview to reach the next generation of children and students. And we are believing that God has called us to see what he has done in Longview and in Gilmer multiplied through new campuses all over East Texas. It is not a small vision. It is a, it, it, so the challenge is before us. So how do we process that challenge? It is good that we've had new people step in and, 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 and some of those uh, giving numbers are up. That's amazing. But I want to tell you a, a reality because this is an area of growth for our church. Not our, and I mean both campuses. I mean New Beginnings Global. And that is this. 20%, 20% of our covenant members give. That means 80% of who, people who call themselves, who call New Beginnings home, do not regularly give. So how, how, do we, how do we do that? So the question is not, do we need to start this? The question is not, is this an area of growth? The answer to that is yes. It is an area of growth. The question is this, where do we start? Where do we start? So this morning, as you've seen these numbers and you've seen these stories of life change, the question that I want you asking yourself is, if I am not walking in obedience in giving to the kingdom, where do I start? How do I take that step? And I think it's three very simple steps, and it is this. You give completely, 
You give sacrificially and you give strategically. You give completely, you give sacrificially, and you give strategically. When you, we look at the 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 that we've navigated through over the last three or four weeks, here's what we've seen Paul asking of the church. To give completely, to give themselves to the Lord and give completely. Give sacrificially. Give to and above the means. And then give strategically. Have a plan and make it happen. Here's something I want you to know. Generosity does not happen on accident. I need everybody to hear that. Not going to happen. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and go, oh, look, we, just, we were just generous. Mm-mm. You have a plan for generosity. You set aside time. You look at your budget and you go, here's where we're wasting. Here's where we're cutting so we can open our hands and live generously. All right? That's, that's what it looks like to give to the kingdom. I want to give you one more number, and then we're almost done, and that is this. If every person that calls New Beginnings home gave 10% of their income, by the way, if you're wondering, what's step one? Where do I start? God's Word says we start at the tithe. That's 10%. That word tithe literally means 10%. That's the square one, right? If everyone uh, of our families that attend New Beginnings gave 10% of their tithe, we would be talking about a budget, are you ready, of $10 million. Now, we're not talking about that budget. We're $10 million. So here's what I want you to know. You should go out of here celebrating at what God is doing through your faithful giving because we are so thankful for it, and God is doing it. He is doing the work. But how much more then could we do? How much further could we reach? How many more lives could we impact? If, if we leaned in to this core value and leaned in to this area of growth and we were faithful to give to the kingdom. This is, this is what God is doing in this place. He is saving lives. If you're here this morning and your testimony would just simply be, God has used new beginnings to impact my life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Would you just lift your hand? He's used new beginnings to do That's almost every hand in the room. In 2020, there are going to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And I want their story to be the Spears family story and Jessica Beadle's story and the Martin story and the Godsey story and Mike Miller's story and the Shaw story, which is we came in and our lives changed. That's why we do this. So church, rejoice with me today. Be confident today. Be excited today because God is on the move in this place. Amen? Amen. If you're excited, let me hear you say amen. All right. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do next. I'm going to ask our ushers, uh, if they would, to go ahead and stand from where you are, move into position to receive our offering. And as they're coming, we're going to pray. And and, uh, then we got a little bit of family business that we're going to take care of before we uh, get out of here today. Let's pray and then we'll receive this offering. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for Thank you for your generosity toward us, God. Um, thank you, Jesus, for your word says that though you were rich, you became poor so that in you we might become rich. So God, thank you for your generosity toward us in Christ. Help us now, Father, to give as cheerful givers, happy to give to the kingdom and be a part of the work you're doing. I love you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that you have enjoyed this message. If you have any questions about anything that you have heard today or would like to know more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, feel free to call our church offices at 903-759-4000.
888-500-5552 or send us an email at info at nbbctx.org. As for staying up to date with what's going on at New Beginnings, follow us on our social media accounts. Have a great rest of your day.